0: We are continuing a study in the book called The Guide Inside. This is by a minister by the name of Mark Brzee. He pastors a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and also does uh, international Bible schools and uh, international ministry. In fact, for a long period of time, he didn't pastor a church at all. Uh, He just traveled around and did a lot of international ministry. He actually uh, lived with uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, Brother Hagan, who's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, I think it was for two years there. And so I had a quite close relationship with them, of course, went to the Bible school and, uh, you know, it's just been a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. So uh, this is the book that we're in. Uh, You can actually get it on Amazon and I don't recall the price, but you can get an e-book version of it uh, for your Kindle or whatever other e-reader you may use. Uh, You can also uh, purchase the book uh, at Amazon. And, uh, or you can go directly to their uh, ministry there in Tulsa, uh, but it's called the guide inside and it's by, uh, pastor Mark Brzee. So that's what the, this cover looks like. I think they've updated it a few times. I don't know if you can see it, but there's the book. And, um, So that's where we're at, and we're going to pick up on page 67 tonight, page 67. We're so glad that you've joined us. If you've got your book, get it out, and if if you don't, I'm going to try and um, read a little more maybe tonight, some more sections for those of you that uh, don't have books. I know there's more people uh, that have joined us that maybe don't have a copy of the book Uh, so we'll try and, uh, get some more, um, background on some of what the book is saying as well, uh, as our own comments and those type of things so that you're able to really uh, join in and connect. So just believe in, uh, be believing God with us and let's pray before we read, uh, the word, uh, you know, the story in the, in the book and also the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word, that your word, the, the, when your word comes in, your light comes in. The entrance of your words gives light. Father, we thank you that you haven't left us in darkness, but we can just receive your word, feed on your word, and we get light about the situation, that we get light about what your word says, and we get light uh, that dispels darkness and drives out darkness. We thank you for your spirit that he leads and guides and teaches and reveals. And so, Father, we look to you through him tonight from our hearts. Father, Open your word to us. Help us to see and know exactly what you want us to see and know. Father, that we won't forget what we're hearing, but we'll be doers of it. And Father, that we'll be able to um, live on a higher plane and a higher level. And that we'll be able to walk in your perfect plan for our lives. That we'll be the influence on our friends and our family and uh, even our enemies. That you have paid the price for us to be that will walk in love be full of your spirit full of joy and have the time of our lives telling people about you and living for you in jesus name amen. amen praise the lord the lord is good the gospel is so true and the gospel is the same today that it was the day uh the earth day that jesus died on the cross and so the same power that's present was present there Uh, That's an eternal event. That same power is present here tonight. Uh, That same power is present when you feel your worst and you feel the furthest from God. The power of God is still present. And man, if you just turn to him in faith, you will connect with his power and his presence and his deliverance, and he will set you free. You'll know the truth, Jesus said in John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, and the truth will set you free. And so we're going to continue in his word tonight, and we're going to Going to continue reading some of these uh, uh, faith stories or faith adventures. I love faith stories. I love faith adventures. And uh, you should have some of your own and uh, take note of them. Write them down so you can pass them on. You know, I love uh, the older I get, uh, maybe the older my kids get. We seem to age at the same rate, but I keep always stay older than them. But uh, as my kids grow older, uh, man, the more important I see it is where uh, the faith of Timothy's grandmother and his mother pass down to him. And so, you know, you could pass down a lot of things. You could pass down money and, the, the, you know, you should leave inheritance for your children's children. So that's a good thing. But how much greater is it to pass on your faith? Because when people learn to live by faith, they are not dominated by circumstance. In other words, if I learn to live by faith, circumstance no longer can rule me. In other words, I'm not just subject to whatever will be, will be. Some people say, well, how can, you, how can you be led by the Spirit of God? It must be whatever circumstance they say, you know, well, God's going to, if he closes a door, then, you know, if that door closes, then that's obviously not the will of God. If, they, if the door opens, uh, then it's the will of God. And I, I don't really know what they say if a window opens, that it's halfway the will of God maybe, or it's the will of God, but it's going to be difficult. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, that man's spirit is the Lord's light or the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Well, the belly represents the inward man, the center of our being, the center of who we are. And so God is going to use our spirits to light Uh, the inside of us, so that we'll know like the deepest part of who we are, that's where he's going to speak to us, at the core of our being. I mean, I believe one of the reasons for that is because when you are changed at your core and a word comes to you at the core, the real you, deep on the inside of you, man, everything else just becomes an outflow. And so it's like Hebrews chapter 4 says that they that do believe have entered into rest. In other words, you have come into a place of rest. And so, and then he goes on in Hebrews 4 to say, you know, stop laboring, stop trying to do all of this stuff. And and then he said, but labor to enter into rest. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and he said in, in Hebrews chapter 4 as well that they did not, speaking of the Hebrew children, that they did not enter into the promised land because of unbelief or one translation said, unpersuadableness, you know, and that, you know, when they sent out the 12 spies, most of them came back with an evil report. So most of them are like, they went and they saw the land. They said, man, that land is amazing. It's flowing with milk and honey. I mean, the grapes, like it took two man, men just to carry one of the uh, thing of grapes and uh, they came back and they said, man, it's true, that, that land is plenteous. We've never seen a land like this land. But um, there's giants in that land and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And even in our sight, looking at them, looking at us, we're like, okay, we are definitely like grasshoppers. And so they s- believed and said what they believed based on what they saw not based on what they heard from God or what they got from the words of God and so any of us could find ourselves in that position in fact the bible says that those stories and those real occurrences are actually examples for us so we can vividly see like oh wait a minute i'm doing the same thing have you ever you ever uh, read the old testament think about the children, all the miracles, like the Red Sea's parted. They get across to the other side. And not only that, their enemy is coming after them. And God makes uh, the impossible a reality, right? And so the Red Sea parts and they pass through the Red Sea on dry ground. And so they're passing through on dry ground. All of a sudden, the Egyptian army is pursuing them. And so they're like, in awe of this miracle. And then they get overwhelmed with fear again because the Egyptian army is coming. And then the seas crash in on the army, but the uh, Hebrew children, the Israelites are all safe and preserved. And then they get to the other side and they go for a little bit and they're like, oh, there's no food, no water. We're all going to die. Be better back in Egypt. And you know, you can read those and you think, man, what is wrong with them? Why would they do that? you know, and uh, I certainly wouldn't do that. If I saw those miracles, there's no way I would do that. Yet, uh, sometimes at that very moment, you're doing the same thing. That's just an example of it, a vivid example. And uh, if you turn in your heart to the Lord, you'd find that out. So the spirit of, the Lord will use our spirits to enlighten us. And so in other words, we're studying about looking to our spirits, or you could say developing the human spirit, developing the real you. You can develop in many things. You can develop in a uh, 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 your uh, physical body so you could start exercising more and uh, you could start working out different parts of your body different muscles you could start eating better and you'll notice your body will adjust uh, to what you're feeding it and how you're exercising it well if you start uh, feeding your spirit on the Word of God and you exercise in spiritual things you will develop spiritually just like you can develop um, naturally and you can also develop mentally. Some people develop the mind. So what we're talking about is developing the human spirit. And that is the core of who we are. And when your spirit is developed, everything else will come in line. I mean, for years, I have um, uh, in, in picking food uh, to eat and to buy. Uh, really, uh, I mean, there's many things I like to eat. But sometimes I'll want to eat something like maybe... Okay, most of the time, it's something like some sweet food. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat that. But, you know, I've gotten uh, so used to uh, living from the inside, not to say I don't mess up, of course I mess up, but uh, just so accustomed to it that, man, when I'm shopping or looking for food to eat, different things like that, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to eat that. And all of a sudden, I'll have on the inside an uneasiness. You know, don't do that. And um, and so I don't. So I, I just... Take that, uh, being led by the Spirit in every area of life. And so it'll help you stay healthier. It'll help you, you know, what to eat, and not to eat. Melody and I, in 2005, we were getting ready to go to the Philippines for three months. Three months. <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> That's like a dream. Okay. Uh, we're getting ready to go for three weeks. And we were going for three weeks. Man, we just we just started. Uh, we kept buying yogurt after yogurt after yogurt after yogurt. We're like, why are we buying so much yogurt? And uh, right before we got there, I think it was, or right after we got there, we found out that whatever is in that in the yogurt, and maybe some of you know that, um, there are certain uh, things in that yogurt that are really healthy when you're going to a different culture and could be exposed to different things. And so we believe for the protection of God, but sometimes the Lord uh, will lead you uh, to do certain. Uh, natural things, eat certain natural things uh, to help you. And um, one of the things that I love the most about uh, having um, gotten to know Kenneth Hagin a little bit was uh, he always taught a balance. Like, don't get to the extreme on this side. Don't get to the extreme on this side. And so in the years that I have been um, walking with the Lord and especially uh, learning more about walking by faith, I have found that uh, people tend to like, well, it's just all like I'm just going to uh, pray and believe God, which you might call just a spiritual side. And then, or it's all like people get into this health food craze or what are these things that smell? Essential oils and and uh, they'll get into these different things. And that almost becomes like the priority where really, you know, the Lord may lead you to, uh, I don't know, if, what do you call it, burn an essential oil or eat certain health foods or do certain things. Uh, but that does not, should never become your God. He is your God and you follow him. And, um, and so we're learning to follow him and walking with him. And uh, it's not difficult with him. It's easy with him. Jesus said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you ever uh, seem to perceive that things are getting really difficult and really tough, that is i think one of the best indications that you're not living by faith because living by faith will put a smile on your face and a spring in your step because you get to see god show up in other words hebrews 11:6 says without faith it is impossible to please god you know, in other words he didn't say it's improbable to please god he said without faith it is impossible In other words, you are not going to please him unless you act by faith. And so the Hebrew children, they drew back unto sin, the Bible says, uh, because they were in unbelief. But Joshua and Caleb, two men of faith, they said, we are well able to possess the land. We can enter into that land. And so what happened? Uh, Everybody got what they said. Joshua and Caleb got to enter into the land and uh, everyone else died in the wilderness after 40 years so uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's a great adventure of faith. It's a great joy uh, that when you don't know where uh, your need, how it's going to be fulfilled, how the Lord is going to fulfill it, but you know, he will fulfill it. Uh, and you can just uh, be at rest and say, you know what? this is kind of uh, an adventure, and I kind of enjoy putting my flesh under, and I'm not going to let my flesh just rule things. I'm not going to let flesh pull me off into frustration, pull me off into worry, pull me off into distraction. I'm going to go with God, and the Lord's going to come through in in an awesome way. He's probably going to come through in a way I've never seen before. I'm probably going to experience something I've never experienced before. Boy, kids, hold on. This is going to be a good ride. Everybody grab hold. You know, where for, sirs, like Paul said, I believe God, right? In the middle of the ship, uh, sinking and going down, he said, I believe God. We will be preserved because of God himself. He's promised it and he will do it. And you just watch and see it. And so that's exactly what happened. And uh, so it's an adventure to live by faith and walk by faith. And uh, you cannot separate living by faith from being led by the Spirit of God. The two go together. I mean, you, you wanna live by faith? Uh, what scripture are you standing on? How do you know what scripture to stand on? Because the Spirit of God will always lead you to the right scripture. He'll always give you the right the right word from Him. And sometimes, like I, I think I mentioned uh, last week, on Sunday, uh, Kenneth Hagin, he was sick, paralyzed, uh, basically almost dead. Would be unconscious for, for weeks at a time. And uh, when he was, that Mark 11, 23 and 24 just kept coming up and he, he had this knowing on the inside. The answer is in that verse, The your answers in that verse. And so uh, the answer was in the verse, yet he would read that verse and not get the answer. Why? Well, because uh, Romans chapter 12 says that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, and then we'll know the perfect will of God. And so, as as he was, mind was being transformed, then all of a sudden he just began to see what God was revealing to him in front of him more than what his body felt like or more than what he could see, the condition he could see. You got to remember, he was every day, the hours that he would be awake... He could tell he had no feeling in his legs, that he couldn't move his legs. He couldn't move the lower part of his body. He would just see it there, that his mother had to even come and bathe him as a 16-year-old boy. How embarrassing would that be, right? And so uh, he knew every day he couldn't go get his food. He couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. Like, Like, this real experience. And so he was so conscious of this, every day that input kept coming to him that you are paralyzed. You are dying. Every expert that he knew, the doctor said, you are gonna die. Mama said, uh, you know, we're praying, but they say you're gonna die, right? So it's easy to look on a situation like that and say, well, I can't believe, you know, I've just been up this whatever. Why did it take him so long? Well, it didn't take God long. God was ready the first time. But whenever he would start to go that route, he said that, the thought from the enemy would come and he what he called it it would put the light out so the light would go out and so then he wouldn't pursue what god has uh drawn his attention to anymore he would start thinking on these thoughts that bombarded him from the enemy and he'd think well uh well this is what this doctor said and he's the main expert and this is what this doctor said and they'd all given him up to die and so As soon as he would respond to what the Spirit of God said, your answer's in that verse, and he began reading and reading it, it wasn't a matter of works. It was a matter of becoming so convinced that this was more true than what he could see, feel, or hear, naturally speaking, but what he heard from God, then, man. He was up off that bed. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. But you can't separate that from being led by the Spirit of God. In other words, he's on that bed, and he had the Bible the whole time. He's reading through the Bible, and he comes to those verses. And, you know, he's actually reading some other place. And uh, he didn't know that if he could be made well or not. And he was looking for a, a minister to come and say, like, can I be well? And, you know, everybody who would come to him would kind of be doubt and unbelief, and most of them didn't even come. And uh, so but he's reading and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God said, You know, the woman with the issue of blood, blood in Mark chapter five, and he wasn't even open to that. And he said, Well, yeah. He said, Go back and read that. And it said, Her faith made her whole, and then the Spirit of God spoke to him, the inside, the light on the inside, and said, Well, if her faith made your whole her whole whole, oh, I say right. If her faith let me just say it a different way. If her faith made her well and complete, then your faith can make you well and complete. And so then light began to come. In other words, he started to get solid ground. Wait a minute. This is what God said. And if God said it, you can bank on it. It is the truth and it is the reality. So we left off last week on uh, page 67, about being led by the Spirit of God, and um, I just want to recap real quick. He said at the top of the page, about the fourth line down, "So, so often a person gets a word or a place in prayer but adds his own interpretation to it. So when you're praying, And uh, you get things from the Lord. You should be getting things from the Lord. And as he reveals things, we really need to ask the Lord, okay, what do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, give me some more detail on that. Uh, And what is that? And uh, your prayer life uh, ought to be Similar to your close relationships that you that you talk to the Lord just like you would anybody else Of course, you have more fear and awe, not not fear like I'm afraid of you But like fear like wow, I know you're awesome and I know you uh, can do anything (laughs) And uh, I know that with you all things are possible to him that believes and so but uh, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and he is your father Uh, in other words, he's not just uh, some master that's far off that doesn't want you close to him. He, he brought us into his family. He said, I have adopted you. You're now part of the family with all of the same privileges as my son, Jesus. And so he brought us into the family and uh, gave us uh, an inheritance. We are co-inheritors with Jesus Christ. And so we have an inheritance in our family, our heavenly family. So you don't want to put your own interpretation on those things. You want the Lord to lead you and guide you. And uh, he doesn't uh, lead through prayer. He leads by his spirit. His spirit may lead you while you are praying, uh, but just because you get something in prayer doesn't mean that that is the leading of the Lord in prayer. It can be for later. It can be for now. It could be, but you need to find out, okay, Lord, is this what you're leading to me, me to do? Not just what I'm picking up, right? Because you, as you uh, spend more time in prayer, or more consistency in prayer, then you'll begin to become more aware of spiritual things or spiritual realities. And so as those spiritual realities become more real to you, uh, they become more more tangible at the same time. In other words, it's it's spiritual, but it's it's just the same as I could grab my phone and it's tangible to me. When I touch it, I can feel it. I sense the touch, right? I sense what it feels like. You know, this is like glass, I think, and and really smooth, and this is plastic, and really hard, and it's got like some, um, I don't know, a texture on it, and so I, I, I sense it, I squeeze it, and I can feel it. Well, spiritual things can become just that real, that tangible, that touchable, but they're spiritually touchable, and um, so the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of reality, and he'll make those things real to you, but the way to get to that is that you you yield to spiritual things, and you become, you live conscious of uh, God Because God is a spirit. In John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus came up to her and said, you know, talk about drinking water and give me some water. And, you know, she's saying, well, what about worshiping? And he said, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth because God is a spirit. So God's not going to talk to your mind. It's not mind to mind, not like uh, the Vulcan mind melt, you know, like how does Spock do that? You know, I can't remember how he did it, you know, but they had like this Vulcan mind melt. I used to watch Star Trek when I was growing up all the time. And so it's not like mind to mind communication. It is spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. So uh, that's why it's vitally important that we as believers learn how to live out of our spirits and uh, man, you'll have so much more stability. You'll have so much more understanding. And uh, the, the changes of the temporary world or the earth or the realm of time will become less significant to you because your inward man is renewed every single day, day by day, Paul said. And so you'll begin living out of the real you, out of the inside. And these, you know, if, if you if you right now Are watching everything that comes up on your like a YouTube feed or some of the live feeds and different things like that I mean there are people peddling all kind of fear all kind of junk and then there's people to try trying to take advantage of you get your money and uh, you know you could become all uh, uh, gripped with fear but man if you live out of your spirit you, you'll, tur- you'll tune into some of those things and uh, you, you, you'll have an unction on the inside or you'll, a leading on the inside, a prompting, And eh, don't watch that. Ah, eh, don't, let's not go that way. And the opposite's true too. You'll have a prompting, hey, why don't you watch that? Why don't you pay attention to that? Uh, but that is different than what comes from your natural mind. It, it comes from your spirit and it comes full of peace and it comes full of love uh, because it comes from God and uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and God is love. And so you're going to be uh, full of peace, full of love, full of joy in his presence, his fullness of joy uh, as you go this route. So uh, next section there at the bottom of page 67, God won't lead by callings. God will not lead by callings. What's he mean by that? Well, just because you have a calling from God, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the working of the ministry, uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith, to the full knowledge of the Son of God, right? And basically, till we all mature or come to perfection in the Son of God. Uh, Well, that means that's going to be until Jesus comes back, (laughs) because we're all going to be growing, and uh, we're all going to be learning. And uh, even today, I mean. I'm sure someone just got born again today that, you know, for the first time. And so now they have to mature in the things of God. Uh, It's like Sunday during our services, uh, you know, we had someone pray to receive Christ. Thank God that life is forever changed. And now they're going to begin to grow in the things of God and walk in the things of God. And I mean, it's like an amazing life ahead. You know, those of us that have experienced this uh, for a little longer, you know, like this is this is like, when you're first born again, you're like, this is awesome. And you want to be like, yes, and it is just the beginning. And this is just the beginning. And uh, it's like Jesus, at the, his first miracle he did was turning the water into wine. And uh, they're like, uh, you know, they ran out of wine. And uh, so he, you know, long story short, he turned the water into wine. And they gave it to the governor of the feast. And the governor of the feast drank it. And they're like, this is some good stuff. Like, uh, you saved, uh, most people like, uh, do like the worst stuff last. You gave the, you know, save the best for last. And so when God gets involved, things get better and better and better. Right. And so, uh, the, the Lord is so good. And he has a plan for all of our lives, and uh, but we're going to fulfill it by faith and by following him. Over on page 68, he said, we need to follow the Holy Ghost, not a calling. The truth is God will sometimes lead you to do something that he didn't call you to do. God will sometimes lead you to do something that he didn't call you to do. And somebody said, well, how is he going why is he going to lead me to do something that he hasn't called me to do? Well, uh, there's kind of three main scriptures I know of uh, that deal with that. And the, the, the one that uh, I think of the most is in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. It talks about the qualifications of a deacon right after he talked about the qualifications for a bishop, excuse me, or a pastor. And so, um, and there he says, for the deacons, uh, verse 10, and let them also be tried and investigated and proved first so he, he, he's saying like just like you need to try and investigate pastors bishops uh, you need to try and investigate uh, a bishop uh, excuse me deacons well it mentions bishops and deacons but it would be no less for any of the other uh, offices in the body of Christ and so if uh, those have to be tried and tested then all of them have to be tried and tested I'll read a couple other translations a passion translation said um, And each of them must be found trustworthy according to these standards before they are given the responsibility to minister as servant leaders without blame. Um, NTMS says, They must also be well-tried men, and when found to be uh, of unblemished character, then let them serve as deacons. Good news, they should be tested first, and then if they pass the test, they are to serve. God's word. First, a person must be evaluated. L but let these also first be proved. Williams, they too should first be tested and approved. And then uh, Moffat's translation said, oh, well, actually I want to read all of verse 10. They too should be tested and approved first. And then if they are found above reproach, they should serve as deacons. Moffat, they too must be put on probation. After that, if they are above reproach, they can serve as deacons. So I want to read several translations there to say that you know, uh, you know, the the other scripture, Luke 16, you have to first be faithful in what's another man's before it's going to be given to you. And um, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, uh, moreover, it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. And so the Lord is going to lead you and guide you in the right path to prepare you for what he has called you to do, the ministry he's called you to do. And in some form or fashion, we may not all be called to the, the, um, offices of ministry, but we're all called to minister for the Lord. We are all called to preach because that just means to proclaim. And these signs will follow them that believe, right? And so as believers, we're to preach, we're to proclaim, and these signs will follow uh, them that believe. In in the name of Jesus, you know, uh, you know, healings will happen, people will speak in tongues, demons will flee, and uh, that's for the body of Christ, not just the ministry, and certainly inclusive of the ministry, but that's for any believer. And so the reason you don't see it in some believers is there's some unbelieving believers. <laughs> so they believe part of the gospel, but they don't believe those parts of the gospel enough to cause them to act on them, to trust God, uh, because maybe they haven't been told or they don't know, or they've just um, gotten on a other territory where they, they have become unaware of these things. But you have to first be proved before you're, you're given uh, many times your own ministry. And so, yeah, of course, the Lord would lead you to do something that you're not called to do, that's not part of your calling. In fact, I remember, it's a sobering thing, but I remember Brother Hagan said, you know, uh, many ministers, that Jesus told him, many ministers live and die and never even enter into the first phase of the ministry that they're called to. And I believe a lot of times that could be due to the fact that they were not faithful in what the Lord led them to do uh, in order to be qualified to enter into their calling, right? So uh, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden you, you, can just, you can just do all of this. No, the Bible says right there, uh, just like bishops, uh, the deacons must first of all be proved and be tested and uh, see what their character is because uh, those were all character issues. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 6 that we need to do all of these things that the ministry be not blamed. And we can all attest to times when you've seen maybe people in ministry do things that caused a reproach to come on uh, all believers <laughs> and all ministry, <clears throat> and, um, maybe those people weren't tested and found faithful. So it's so important that we are tested and found faithful full ministry, just like he'll lead you and he'll lead, you know, uh, me and, and all of us, because um, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God, be led by the spirit of God, and he will lead us and guide us. And so he said, um, to the Philippines in three months. Maybe that's where I got that. And so he went uh, over, would you do this uh, gospel crusade? And he knew uh, he was called to be a teacher. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not not called to do that. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, there is a truth. You can get in the ditch on one side or the other, and say, "Well, like, well, we can, we can all just do evangelism to some, the office of teacher, right?" And uh, even in the gifts of the Spirit, you find that those are uh, demonstrated or they show up in, in in life as the Holy Spirit Himself wills. Uh, I think of a story I heard from over in Europe, and then came to the States and did some ministry there. Also, I think in Australia, and uh, just gifts of the Spirit. And uh, this guy came up to him after one of the services and said, Hey, uh, Brother Carter, I'd like you to pray for healing. I think it was of his ears, if I remember correctly. Will you pray for the healing of my ears? And he said, No, (laughs) I won't. (laughs) He said, Call my wife over. He said, Nearly everyone she prays for, uh, for healing, especially of the ears, they get instantly healed. And somebody said, Well, but these signs will follow them that believe. Well, there's many giftings, and uh, but there's different administrations of those giftings, the Bible says. And so uh, there are gifts of healings. The Lord really uses me primarily to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, pretty much everyone I lay hands on things and special giftings, but it doesn't do away with the fact that, you know, if you're the one that's there on the scene, like if his wife hadn't been there, I'm confident he would have prayed for, for this man. And uh, the power got God to show up but the the people uh, but it is as he wills and he distributes these things so people get in the ditch on one side like okay well uh i am everything and i can do all this i have all nine gifts of the spirit i operate in all of the five offices and it really it's it's pride it's a root of pride and they're saying it's just me 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 look to me look to me no I love it. Oh, sorry. You probably really got that point right. So I, um, I, uh, I like it when people glorify Jesus and say like, you know what? Without him, I am nothing. Let's look to the Lord and see what he has to say right? And uh, you can, you can have experienced things and know some things, but it's so important that we, we remain completely reliant upon the Lord Jesus. Uh, You'll see better results that way, better ministry, better lasting fruit, uh, you know, and you'll be more satisfied because the more uh, you realize that everything we have comes from him. If it weren't for him, we'd have nothing. If it weren't for him, I would have nothing to say to you right the more we realize and live in the consciousness of that the more we're living by faith because My faith is in Him. My trust is in Him. My hope is in Him. My stability is in Him. He he is the rock of my salvation. He is my strong tower. I trust in Him. I get my strength from Him. He is the joy of my salvation. He is the reason I love to wake up in the morning. I'm excited, like Psalm 63. My soul thirsts for Him. My flesh longs for Him in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water? I'll lift up my hands and bless his name. I'll be thankful and magnify him. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise is what's going to be always on my lips. If they're going to say something about me, they're going to say that man is always thanking God. That man is always looking to the Lord. That man is always drawing attention to the Lord, right? And you don't have to be like, you shouldn't be like real religious about it. You should just be real real about it. Like, man, the Lord is blessed me man I'm so thankful Uh, he spoke to me through his word today and when he did it just made me sit a little taller right thank God for his word his word is like a lamp and it is a light and it's like a sword and uh, it's like a hammer that breaks the stony hearts or stony hardened places into pieces maybe you have a hardened place in your life man you apply the word to that and it will bust it it, it, it will get it out like they use these uh, things in the hospital sometimes to break up uh, they use sound waves or something like that that they try to sonically get rid of uh, uh, what are these things called kidney stones or uh, uh, clots or anything like that they try to like sonically with sound waves so you know your voice can get rid of your mountain when you believe right? right because there's power in your voice when you're speaking what god has said yeah. right and when you know that god has said it you can say it with full confidence so mark 11:22, jesus said have faith in god lay hold of the faith of god i love this scripture lay hold of the faith of god and then he said whoever says to this mountain be removed in other words First of all, you, you get the faith of God. You, he is faithful, constant. He'll never let you down. He'll never let you go. So you grab hold of him. Don't try to do it because you're so good, because you're so consistent. No, even if you think you are, let me tell you, you're not, okay? <laughs> but even if you are, even if you think you are, don't rest on that because that will prevent you from from receiving God's very best for you because you're relying on the arm of flesh, not the words of God. But when you hear in your heart what God has said, you have the ability to stand no matter who is falling around you, no matter what is falling around you. When we stand on what God has said, we have a foundation that is more secure and more steady than the earth that my feet are on right now. It is more steady. The earth may shake, the earth may move, The earth may change, but God's word will never change. So when you grab hold of the word of God, Jesus said, have faith in God or lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Then you can say to the mountain, you get out of the way, you be removed and believe that in your heart. Jesus said what? He will have whatever he says. Well, how can you, I was telling my kids about this last week, wasn't it guys? Last week, I think. I said, how can you have confidence that you're going to have what you say? First answer typically is because that's what the Bible says. Yes, that is what the Bible says. And that's why you can have it. But let's go a little deeper. Why can you have it? Why can you have confidence that what you have said is what is going to come to pass or what you have, right? Right. Why can you have that confidence? Because have faith in God. How do you get faith in God? You get faith in God from hearing what he says in his word, when he makes his word real to you in your heart, right? Then you have solid ground. So in other words, when you hear from God about what you're seeking him about, about this mountain you want removed, and you know, wait a minute, this is what he said. So the reason I can say this and I can believe what I say will come to pass is because I'm saying what he has said. So if I say God's word and God's word is what moves mountains, then I am guaranteed that mountain is taken care of. It has been addressed, right? But it has to be addressed with your voice. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your voice of faith, because you believe what God has said, will move your mountain, Jesus said. If you believe you say what you say comes to pass, right? And so uh man, we get to do this, we get to live by faith, and your flesh will draw back from it, but don't don't give in to the flesh, you just yield from your spirit to what God is doing on the inside of you, the word of God searches the deep things of God in your own heart. And so the word of God will do that. And you just open your heart, open your heart to what God says in his word. And, and he will, it will become planted in you and will become a part of you become planted in you and it'll become a part of you. And so um, I'm not doing very good with going through all the book stuff here. They're even showing me the time here. And so I'm just a little bit uh, over time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so we'll just stop there for now and uh, we'll pick up next week. And um, and uh, we're so thankful for this time that we have in the word of God. And uh, I-, I love the word uh, because, and I love living by faith. Because uh, I've been born again since a young age, but uh, until I was in my early twenties, I didn't really start to grab hold of the freedom that comes uh, by in living by faith. I, I love Smith Wigglesworth's book, Ever Increasing Faith. He said, uh, you know, there is not a bondage, or there is not a chain that the devil can try to wrap around you that faith in God cannot remove. Uh, you trust God and watch the chains fall off. Uh, you put your faith in God. So if you're watching right now, you're joining us now or you're, you're watching this at a, at a time after we've recorded this and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, that is the greatest act of faith that you could ever walk in. And the way you do that is you'd simply uh, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for you because you've messed up, because you've sinned, because you need, uh, you need his life, you need his, his, his rightness, his holiness, uh, because you need him. And uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the, the Bible says you will be saved. And it's with the mouth that you speak and with the heart that you believe. So if you wanna receive Jesus Christ right now as your Lord and as your Savior, I just want you from your heart I want you to say this and what I'm gonna say in just a second. And I don't want you to come uh, because, well, I need to clean myself up first, so so I, I'm not quite ready. Uh, I just don't wanna do it yet. The, that's not what we're talking about. The whole point of Jesus being on the cross is on that cross, he took your sins, he took your sickness, he took your poverty, he took every form of the curse, he, and it was placed on him. He took your shame. Your shame was placed on him. So you don't have to be ashamed because he took your shame. And so on that cross, he had all that and he died as a result of sins that I committed and that you committed. He died for those sins and he paid the penalty for those sins. And when we were uh, declared righteous, he rose from the dead because we were declared righteous. Because in other words, the price had been paid so fully that he could raise from the dead, totally restored and totally victorious so that we could rise from the dead and we could be restored victorious and righteous and right and holy, just as holy as he is. And that happens when we believe in our heart that that's what God did with Jesus when he raised him from the dead and that we say, okay, I believe that. I'm gonna take him as my Lord. If you wanna do that, if you wanna do that right now, I want you to make a decision here in three seconds. Three, two, one, go. Go. Now you decide. This is what I'm going to do. And pray this prayer with me uh, from your heart. Uh, agree in your heart with what I'm saying. I want you to say this. Say, Father God, Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son Jesus. I come to you in the name of your Son. Jesus. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins, I he died on the cross for and that He, you, rose Him from the dead. And you rose Him from the dead. So I could be made right. I take, him now as my Lord. I take him now as my Lord. I am now born again. I am now born again. And in your family. Thank you, Father, Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, raise your hand. If you didn't already, if they gave you an opportunity on one of the apps that you're watching on to raise your hand, or if you're not watching on that or you didn't do that, please email us uh, at info at anchordc.org, A-N-C-H-O-R-D-C.org, info at anchordc.org. We want to pray for you. I want to personally pray for you, and uh, we want to give you some materials. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of stuff. We just want to be able to be a help and an aid to your walk of faith, and uh, welcome to the family. We're so glad uh, that you prayed with us.